Hello there, Obi-Wan Kenobi here, and you're listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, brought to you by StarWarsDaily.com. The Force will be with you, always. Welcome back, Star Wars fans, to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, the original podcast dedicated to the Clone Wars animated series. I am your host today, Matt. My name is Matt, and joining me to discuss episode 56 of Frontlines uh, for the episode The Academy is frequent recap writer and member of the forums and uh, a part of StarWarsDaily.com. It is... Kyle Avery joining us all the way from Arizona. What's up, Kyle? Yeah, hey, how's it going? It's going good. Glad to have you on here. You know, you're on to uh, kind of take over for Mike. You know, he's out yep, running around, getting married, and doing all kinds of crazy stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so you're going to join us this week, and uh, we might have another guest joining us next week, hopefully. I was going to try to get you to come back on, but your school schedule is a <clears throat> a little different and uh yeah. well we'll see i might be able to come back next week too but uh yeah it's be good, to be, be good to be on the show finally i've been listening for a long time so yeah this is, this is gonna be fun and uh we'll see what uh I'd like to get some other star wars fans take on the clone Wars. so uh let's go ahead and uh, head on over to the news and see what's going on all right cool get ready this is that help you again? Yes. Uh, right. I thought you might say that. What are you talking about? Well, everybody thanked me at once. That doesn't sound too hard. So what I told you was true. From the point of view, everything is proceeding as I have foreseen. <laughs> All right, Kyle. So the first thing we got going on here today is uh, Hayden Blackman's in the news, and. You know, we reported, or we talked about uh, on this show a few times about Hayden Blackman and how much he's done for Star Wars, and mm-hmm. uh, you know the uh, the Force Unleashed and the Force Unleashed Two, which is going to be hitting here in a, uh, a about a week or so. Yeah, yeah, a week, yeah. A week from today when we're recording this. Yeah, a week from today. So we're looking forward to that, and it seems like this is the reason that he decided to leave Lucasfilm, and he's actually starting his own. A company called Fearless Studios and uh, there's a little quote that came out and it says at Fearless Studios we believe great video games should leave a lasting impression and indelible mark on players our industry and even the wider culture and this is coming from Hayden Blackman who is the co-president and chief creative officer of Fearless Studios 
Uh, he says, by taking bold creative risks and tackling new challenges, Fearless Studios will fuse the best of story and gameplay to immerse, engage, and affect players just as deeply as our favorite films uh, and novels. And I think that's what he brought to The Force Unleashed is it wasn't just the gameplay, you know, it was it was the uh, the story that, that got you in. And that's what kind of blew me away when The Force Unleashed, the f- number one, came out. Yeah, I was like, yeah, you know, definitely. Because, you know, I wasn't like a huge gamer and, you know, my kids spend so much time on the Xbox, I never get a chance. But anyway, <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's it was the thing where I put the Force Unleashed in, just to like, oh, I don't try it out. What you know, and all of a sudden it starts off with this kind of cinematic story. I'm like, whoa, time out. You know, this is this is kind of cool, and I think that's what, uh, you know, what what Hayden Blackman brings to to the video game industry is, is yeah, like, yeah, immersed in a uh, game plan and all that. So. Uh, it looks like, as far as uh, the the uh, as far as his time at Lucasfilm, um, he spent 13 years there, and he basically he just said, you know what, I I, I want to try something different. I want to go out on my own, and mm-hmm. I think he's the guy that can do it. Um, yeah. Well, now did you hear about? Um, there's supposedly supposedly some stuff going on where they have like a new president now, and who's kind of restructuring things in the company and i heard some stuff about that too that um Mm -hmm. that he maybe left because of differences in that because i also heard that they had um even though the force unleashed 2 is about to come out they had kind of started planning like a third one and then that and then that and then that kind of got the axe and so there was i mean there was never an official announcement or anything but i know a lot of people think that um you know even though he didn't say it he might have left because of you know differences with that or whatever so yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. I think that had a big part in to, to do with it. Cause, yeah, because I was really surprised when he, um, you know, I mean, you've seen him in interviews and stuff where he's um, obviously pretty passionate about, uh, like, the Force Unleashed and everything. And so when he left, like, you know, a month or two before it came out, I was like, wow, really? Like, something's going on here. Right, yeah. And that's a, that's yeah. what what we talked about, too. It's like, this is kind of, like, out of the blue, you know? It's like, why? What yeah, the heck? yeah. You know, right off the heels of you know, one of the most anticipated Star Wars game out. And here, you, like you said, we hear this talk about a, a third installment of the game. You're like, wow, this is really ramping up here, you know? And seeing as how these stories were considered canon, and I'm a big, you know, I just love hearing the canon word because, <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, I just that's just my thing, you know? That's just something I like. I like hearing, uh, reading or reading stories or playing video games where you know stuff that happens in here is part of George Lucas's like entire vision so yeah um, yeah and it felt like it too I mean I oh, really yeah, like the, yeah. the feel of the story in the first game and everything so right um, right yeah so that was a that was a big shocker to see him leave and but here it is you know he's decided you know what uh as much success as he's had with the last two games that he's done um uh, it's gonna be a perfect opportunity for him to uh venture out and and do some stuff so i'm kind of excited to see what he does i don't know uh i I couldn't really find anything on what exactly he's going to try to do i know he's sort of a fan of of like the horror genre um Mm -hmm. i don't know how how that would play into um video games but uh but uh yeah you know he's he's designed for all the major consoles and, and so he's I don't think he's going to have any problem uh, uh, getting his uh, his company going. So we'll 
we'll kind of keep an eye on what uh, Blackman has for the future. So yeah, definitely. I think you know it'll probably be another couple of years or so because they're you know just starting up their company. But uh, yeah, yeah, I'm definitely right. looking forward to seeing what kind of stuff they come out with. So yeah, uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, other other news, you know, uh, books and comics have been debuting uh, the last few days. Uh, the first one is one that I haven't got a chance to pick up yet, but this is either going to be on my Christmas list or uh, sometimes I do, I just grab it, uh, just because I, I gotta have it. And it's mm-hmm. the, the making of star Wars, the empire strikes back. And there's actually videos on this. Uh, people have been putting up YouTube videos, uh, kind of going through the book and showing you what's involved. So, uh, JW Rinsler, uh, who I do have one of his other making of books, and it's the uh, Revenge of the Sith. And uh, man, talk about tons of tons. I mean, of info, three hundred sixty-one pages of you know info, yeah, that's, pictures, that's a lot. <laughs> and and of a movie which many consider to be the best Star Wars film. Oh yeah, definitely. So, uh, if you if anybody has gotten a chance to look at that, uh, send us an email and tell us what you think because. Uh, I haven't got a chance to pick this up yet. And you can find this at Amazon right now for roughly around 50 bucks. So that's that's a pretty good price for a, a 361-page book filled with photos and info. So Yeah, the depth is the... I don't know. Yeah, this definitely looks like a good one. With uh, Like you were saying, like a lot of good info and behind-the-scenes type stuff and stuff to look at. So Right, right. I wonder if they'll have any information on... Carrie Fisher's uh, drug abuse in there, probably not. <laughs> Did you Maybe, hear that story? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we were talking about that on the forums the other day. Yeah, you know, it's it, it, it didn't really surprise me either because, yeah, I mean, a lot of people have seen her lately, and it's, I mean, she is kind of a kind of a odd odd bird, but uh, it didn't really surprise me seeing that uh, she had those kind of ways. So, uh, anyway. Um, also, as far as comics, there was a new comic, Knight Errant, that also debuted. And uh, as far as this, this is a, a, a story that takes place roughly 1,032 years before the uh, Battle of Yavin. And uh, if you went to Celebration 5, I guess they had a preview issue of it. And uh, this is done by John Jackson Miller. And apparently it's about a uh, Jedi Knight named Kara Holt and uh, her, her exploits as uh, she fights for the Republic behind enemy lines. Uh, and it says, in a world of Sith, she is a lone Jedi bringing justice to the galaxy. And uh, so there's going to be a tie-in novel. And I think you mentioned to me, this to me earlier, um, a tie-in novel by John Jackson Miller coming yeah, or- out in January. Yeah, well, I, I don't know if it's a tie-in novel or just the, um, like, the paperback collection of uh, of issues for mm-hmm. the comic. But, you know, I thought, I'm pretty sure on Amazon it said this trade paperback was going to be, like, 400 pages. So maybe it is a tie-in novel. I don't know. Wow, 400 um, pages. Yeah, because, I've been, I mean, I read, um, I read a few Star Wars comics, but I don't collect, like, the individual issues as they come out. I wait till... Um, you know, they trade collect, or something. Yeah, they come out in the trade paperbacks, and I get those for like ten, fifteen bucks, and those are usually only, you know, maybe like two hundred pages at most. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, they're usually like anywhere from eighty to like a hundred fifty or something. So four hundred's a lot. Oh yeah. But uh, yeah, I might look into this one though, because I just finished reading the um, the Knights of the Old Republic comic series that they did. Oh okay, yeah. So uh, yeah. 
yeah, this that, Knight Errant sounds pretty interesting. I'll keep an eye on that. Yeah, definitely too. Because uh, me too. Because I, you know, I just finished uh, the what's the I'm already forgetting the title of the uh, Legacy the Legacy series, and you know that was a very popular series, uh-huh. and a lot of people were like, "Wow, why is this thing ending so quick?" And there was a lot of, I mean, I'm sure you heard there was a lot of kind of uh, disappointment that it ended. You know, when it did sort of fast, people thought this was going to go on for a while, but apparently they're going to go in a new direction. But here's a new Star Wars uh, comic book to, to start. So we'll see how this goes. And is there any other com- what other comic books did you collect besides uh, The Old Republic? Was there any? Um, m- mostly, to, I've read. Well, I've read the Force Unleashed one. Oh um, yeah, definitely. And I actually I plan on picking up the one for the Force Unleashed too, also because it's supposed to be the story of the game told by Boba Fett. So uh, that oh, one's awesome. But I've yeah. read the I've read the Knights of the Old Republic series, and I've read some of the um, the Clone Wars series from back in like 2003 or whatever, like the original Dark Horse series before uh, Revenge of the Sith came out. Yeah. Okay. So not the one based off the new series, but kind of the um, you know the older one, and oh, some okay. yeah, some yeah. some of those are really cool too. Oh yeah. So yeah, yeah I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, EU stuff from the Clone Wars timeline, so. And I love that uh, the Force Unleashed. You, mean, you mentioned the Force Unleashed in the uh, the trade because that was done by Hayden Blackman, and uh, that was that was a really really good good uh, trade. So I'm looking forward mm-hmm. to the uh, to the Force Unleashed trade as well. And you know that's uh, that's one that we talked about I think last week or a couple weeks ago. It's like, man, do I read it now or do I wait and play the game? Yeah, and, uh, yeah. I don't, you know, I'll probably play the, uh, the game first. You know. Yeah, yeah, same here. Because I think the book and the comic are already out, but uh, yeah, they are. I'm, I'm gonna wait till I play the game before I go ahead and read those. Yeah, yeah. So, um, I think that's gonna do it for news. Let's uh, let's see what's going on in collecting news now. Um, the first thing I have is sometimes we like to get these kind of goofy, obscure stuff that, uh, as far as collecting goes, and there's a site called Paul Pape Designs, and it's P-A-U-L-P-A-P-E, paulpapedesigns.com. And they are uh, issuing these, uh, or creating these uh, custom carbonites, they're called. And uh, it says, uh, now you can be like your favorite outer space bounty hunter, introducing custom carbonates where you can have yourself or a loved one or even an enemy (laughs) forever encased in carbonite. The custom carbonites measure uh, an inch and a quarter wide by four and a quarter high and three quarter inches thick and are made of plastic and super sculpy. And I'm not really sure what super sculpy is. It must be some it's, kind it's, of a... Yeah, it's a kind of clay, I'm pretty clay sure. Or something. Okay. Yeah, I, I actually used to uh, do stuff with sculpy clay as a kid, but I know it's, um, you know, it's not just like Play-Doh or whatever. I mean, it's like a kind of serious, like artsy kind of oh, stuff. okay. Yeah, so. yeah. Um, it says each custom carbonate is sculpted to look like whomever you choose. Just send your picture to paul, paulpape at gmail.com and I will sculpt the likeness from the clothes to the pose. Uh, will you choose the classic pose or something more whimsical? The choice is yours. Uh, so it seems like you can take a picture you know, of yourself, even a full body shot, and what he'll do is he will uh, sort of sculpt it into this sculpty stuff yeah, and he'll give you the classic, you know, pose with the hands up and the and the mouth open, like ah, oh, you know, like you're getting frozen. <laughs> and uh, it says, due to the custom nature of these pieces, they will be shipped out in two batches. The first batch will be uh, sh- will ship by November fifteenth, the other by December fifteenth, just in time for the holidays. So, 
The crazy thing is there's only 200 pieces of these available and they are $50 uh, plus shipping uh, for the, is, is, the, uh, is the asking price. So mm -hmm. uh, if you, you know, it's funny because a lot of the hand solo and carbonate is like, they use this thing for everything because everybody loves <laughs> it. You know, it's like yeah, last week yeah. we talked about the, uh, the iPhone decals, you know, and we've talked well, about Well, it's, it's like Java, you know, it's everybody's favorite decoration. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Good point. You know, it's like, and we got another one here with these custom carbonates, and it's it's pretty hilarious. You know, it's he does, it looks pretty good. It looks like he has the, uh, as far as the, the slab. You know, he's got the looks like the controls on the outside of the, of the, uh, the box or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, and, and it looks it looks like he has some molds of that, like almost like a tray. Yeah. That's kind of the outside yeah. of the frame, and then he like puts the clay in it and molds like each individual body or whatever. So right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's that's, that's uh, pretty cool little thing to do. Yeah, it's it's pretty neat. And they have a picture actually. If you go to Paul Paper Designs, you can kind of get an idea of what it's going to look like, and you can see a picture of another of some guy who sent his likeness in, and uh, or maybe that's him. I don't know. It could be him. Yeah, you never know. It probably is. So that's it's kind of a neat little thing. One of those one of those whimsical things you you look at and you go, wow, it's, it's kind of kind of neat there. Uh, the next thing is kind of out for those. Uh, high-end collectors and this, <laughs> yeah. this is out of my realm but uh looks like uh efx collectibles who they do some pretty outstanding stuff i have to admit um are coming out with the imperial tie fighter and it's available for pre-order actually right now through the uh, november 7th and this is a the uh well i'll just read what it says here in order to produce the most accurate replica of this iconic ship, a number of different reference resources were used. More than 90% of the model uh, kit parts that were used on the original model were identified. A digital scan of the TIE Fighter model in the Lucasfilm archives was used to map the parts, verify the dimensions, and scratch build the model kit parts that either could not be found or identified. The original TIE Fighter that is known to have been used in filming, in the filming of Star Wars uh, Episode Four: A New Hope was used to match the correct colors. So we got uh, addition size of not to exceed a thousand pieces. Uh, it's gonna measure approximately 13 and three quarter inches wide, uh, 17 and three quarter inches tall. So pretty good size. Uh, $350 deposit is required on this thing. Uh, like I said, it's a thousand dollars, but uh, this is one of those one these items where you can put in your collection it's like this thing came from the lucasfilm archives basically you know it was done yeah, using yeah, their it's... stuff and a lot of collectors like to like to to have stuff like that um i had a pair of jenny dofet uh, the west stars that were limited to 1500 pieces oh nice by nice. Uh, master replicas and you know those are one of those things where they're done using original molds and, and stuff like that so mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, the, the high-end collectors out there, I'm sure this is going to be up on your list. You know, this thing has lighting effects, a numbered plaque, uh, a display base. Yeah, I saw that comes with the, the uh, display case and everything, too. So it's, um, I don't know, it's a really cool-looking model and highly detailed and all that. But, uh, yeah, like you said, it's uh, way out of my range. Yeah. It's, it's not $999 and a $350 deposit to pre-order it, so. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, nice yeah. model, all pass. <laughs> no, yeah, definitely. It's it's 
supposed to come out in uh, you know first quarter of two thousand eleven. But you know what? Yeah. I'll probably just go on eBay and look for a an Etsy or model or something and and build one of my own because I've done that before. Not Etsy, but uh, Ertl or whoever does. You can still find a uh, you know model kits of uh, some of the Star Wars vehicles out there, and I've done a lot. Oh of yeah, these. yeah, definitely. If There's uh, definitely cheaper alternatives if you just want if you just want a Tie Fighter. Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, again, as far as collecting, right now everything that's taken a lot of the uh, the news is is the new vintage stuff and the three and three quarter. I know you're a three. You said you were a three and three quarter inch collector. Yeah, I've been collecting a few of the uh, three and three quarter inch Clone Wars figures. So, um, what, yeah. Do you, so as far as the vintage, you're not into the vintage though. Um, I kind of am. I haven't actually uh, collected any of those yet, and um, you know, I don't buy a whole lot of figures, but I'll still probably get around to buying some of those. Yeah, um, just your favorite one. But yeah, yeah, pretty much. You know, I'll just see like uh, like I just recently got um, Pre Vizsla was the last one I got from the Clone Wars line. So you know, I'm not one of those ones that'll go and try to collect like every wave. I just like to get the really cool figures. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, I might try to get like a vintage Darth Vader or Boba Fett or something like that. Right. You know, being a being a, a full wave collector is really tough. I mean, I, I tried to do that with the first Clone Wars uh, wave, the the red carded figures. Oh and yeah. It's just it's just too much because I heard that the the vintage was coming out, and like, well, you know, I'm I'm more into the vintage, so I'm going to try to uh, be a full collector on those and get all of them. And so far, I'm doing okay. You know, it's one of those things where you just go out and pick up one one or two here and there and uh but trying to collect everything it's it's so hard and it's, and it's hard on the wallet as well so <laughs> yeah uh so yeah it's, the, other, the other thing i'm like mike i'm a uh i like to take them out of the package that's and, what i was going to ask you are you yeah. an opener or yeah a, yeah and you know i'll set them up on my shelf in different poses and that kind of thing so that's another thing i'm kind of on the fence with the vintage with the vintage figures is you know if i did get some of them would i you know take them out of the package leave them in so yeah that's that's a tough part for me because i just collect one and i, I keep them carded but a lot of these you know you want to you want to pull them out and just display them because they are some yeah. really nice figures and, and, and the sculpts are so nice. And some of these have the soft goods, which is, I always love the soft goods stuff. Yeah. Just, you mean like the, uh, like the cloth robes and that kind yeah, of thing? Yeah. Yeah. Cloth yeah. Robes I, that, and, that stuff's pretty cool too. Yeah. What's your, uh, as far as the Clone Wars, um, is there a favorite, uh, figure that you have right now? Oh, well, like I said, I just got pre Vizsla maybe a couple weeks back and that's a pretty cool one. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know, and I have a lot of the Jedi figures. I've got uh, like Mace Windu and Yoda and Ala Sakura and uh, Kit Fisto and Luminara. Yeah. So uh, I'm pretty proud of my little Jedi collection. Nice, yeah. Um, yeah, I'm actually going now. I'm trying to uh, collect like all the Jedi figures. So I want to get the Kiati Mundi that just came out, and uh, I know there's supposed to be a Shock T that's coming out in the next oh, right. couple right. months or so. So right, yeah. Um, so I pretty much just go for Jedi and then, uh, like, any of the real cool figures. Like, you know, I've got Pre Vizsla, Cad Bane, um, you know, Aura Singh. Nice, yeah. So You know what's funny about, well, I can, you know, we'll wait on this Aura Singh thing because <clears throat> it looks like she has a different look coming up, but uh, <clears throat> we'll mention that in the uh, preview of next, yeah, next week. So. Yeah, yeah. So with that, I think uh, it's time to head on over and talk about the academy what do you say 
Yeah, let's do it. Alright. I wanted you to wait for the Force and become a Jedi like my father. Here's where the fun begins. I thought you might say that. If it's evil, become a great Jedi. Kenobi! Skywalker! I've missed you. Uh, right. I'm Ahsoka Tano. Destroy them both! You're both right. Let's make this a bit more interesting. For 800 years have I trained Jedi. Get this gum. Incoming! Blast them! No! Alright, here we go with the Academy. Anakin Skywalker and his Padawan, Ahsoka Tano, travel to the planet Mandalore in a Republic shuttle. Ahsoka is to teach a group of young Mandalorian cadets at the government academy to prevent them from becoming corrupted. Ahsoka feels she is overqualified for the mission, but Anakin assures her of the importance of her assignment. They arrive on Mandalore where they are greeted by Duchess Satine and Prime Minister Almec. Almec introduces Ahsoka to some of the cadets she will be instructing. He also informs her that off-worlders aren't allowed to carry weapons and Ahsoka hands her lightsaber over to Anakin before he leaves to attend to other matters. So here we go. <laughs> you know, Kyle, right when I saw this this last sentence where it says uh, Ahsoka hands her lightsaber, I'm like, oh boy, no lightsaber action in this one, I guess. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I thought it was also kind of a funny little callback to the uh, the season two Mandalore se- uh, episodes because uh, it's uh, Almec that tells Ahsoka, he's like, because of the you know trouble that Master Kenobi recently caused, like we no longer allow outsiders to carry weapons. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, it's like, what's Ahsoka going to do? Go try to raid another uh, Death Watch mining base? But... <laughs> <laughs> well, you just, I, I was part of my notes too, is like, they say, yeah, because of what happened when Obi-Wan was here. I'm like, wait a minute, he bailed you guys out. It's a good thing yeah, they had a lightsaber, yeah. you know? But again, you know, it's kind of their pacifist mentality. They're like, okay, yeah. Yeah, thanks for saving us. Now uh, don't come back here with any more laser swords. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and we're here, we're back to Mandalore. And, uh, you know, Duchess Satine had asked for help. And, uh, you know, she doesn't get what she really wanted. She, it sounds like she wanted Skywalker and Ahsoka. Yeah, or at least just because the two of them came that she was expecting them both to stay. Right, right. But, uh, you know, you get Anakin and Ahsoka talking in the shuttle on the way there, and, uh, you know, Anakin's telling her that because they're teaching these young cadets and Ahsoka's kind of their age, that uh, Yoda felt like she could relate to them better. And so, right. um, you know, it's going to kind of be her assignment, and that, you know, because there's the war going on and the Jedi have to kind of be everywhere at once that Anakin's got to go do something else. Right, and, and, and it kind of brings up, like we talked about like last week on, on these episodes, is, you know, what we got a war going on. You got the Clone Wars going on. And, you know, the Jedi Council's like, well, go ahead, Ahsoka and Anakin. Why don't you take her over to this world so they can figure out what's going on with uh, the corruption in the world. And this is a world that's not even, it's not even part of the Republic. It's a neutral world. Yeah. So what is the purpose of them you know why but i don't know you know i i didn't mind this episode so much it's, you know i liked it better than the last one yeah one thing, I, yeah one thing i did think though was uh you know at the beginning there when anakin drops ahsoka off and then uh he and captain rex like go and i guess they're gonna meet up with kit fisto for some battle right and it's like okay so you know 
Anakin and Kit Fisto are off fighting droids on the front lines, and we don't get to see any of that. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, that sounds like something Mike would say. It's like, can we, <laughs> yeah. can we go see that story instead? Can we go over yeah. there and check yeah, out I what Yeah, I bet would say that. <laughs> anyway. But, uh, uh, I just thought of that right when I saw it. I was like, oh, come on. Like, you yeah. know, it's kind of one of those things you hear it, and you kind of perk up and go, ooh, Kit Fisto, and then you're like, yeah, he's not going to be in this episode. You just know from the previews and stuff. <laughs> yeah, good, good point, good point. Uh, I'll continue here. At the academy, Ahsoka teaches her students about the temptations and dangers of corruption and tells them that it's the duty of the people to keep their leaders honest and expose corrupt officials. After the lesson, cadets Corky, Amis, Lagos, and Sony are hungry. After talking amongst themselves, they become suspicious of a supposed food shortage on Mandalore and decide to go down to the docks to investigate. Uh, and it sounds like uh, a lot of people have been saying this is like, this is where we get the Scooby Doo uh, <laughs> yeah. references, and you know we got the kids going down, and uh, you know after the class on the politics and the corruption, um, you know the, they realized that after the war started, rationing was implemented, uh, but the mm. same amount of so uh, the same amount of food. It's still coming in, and we'll get a little bit of that. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like, they say something like they've seen supply ships coming, but there's, you know, the government's telling them that there's not enough food or something. So right, basically, right. basically, they've heard that there's a food shortage, and they decide to go see if there actually is one. Is Yeah. So And, you know, it's kind of just a bunch of kids sitting around, and they're like, hey, we're bored, we're hungry, let's go, you know, get, you know. <laughs> let's go do something, yeah. Yeah, get into some trouble or something Let's like get into that. some trouble, that's what it sounds like. Uh, the students take a speeder to a government warehouse district. Sony slices the door controls uh, and the group sneaks in. Hiding atop a stack of crates, the youngsters spy on a meeting between a group of Mandalorian police, a gang of Gotol smugglers, and a mysterious cloaked figure. Amos gets scared and decides to leave, but as he turns to go, he accidentally knocks over a data pad and alerts the police to this group's presence. The students flee and barely manage to escape the warehouse without being caught. It wasn't my idea. Sony, quick, use your holocam. Those look like Mandalorian police, but they're unmarked. Who's that? Who are those guys? What are off-worlders doing on a secure port? I don't like this. I'm getting out of here. So, you know, along with these pesky meddling kids, uh, you know, they, uh, they come across the Mandalorian police, and there's a mysterious cloaked figure standing there. And, and at first, you know, the first time I watched this, you know, it's kind of hard to tell. You know, is this like a, is this a Jedi? Not a Jedi, but, you know, is this a, my first thought was like Jedi or something like that. But then after you yeah. know, it kind of pans around, you're like, all right, it's just somebody cloaked. Um, but you know, I wasn't completely sure what was going on yet. You know, we're still we're still kind of at the beginning of this episode, and things are going to start to unfold here. Yeah. Um, no, I have to say, I kind of uh, I was pretty sure I knew who it was ever since like the last episode. Yeah. Yeah. But, right. Uh, right. Right. You know. 
But yeah, I mean, obviously you can't really tell who it is. Although I have to say, I mean, I watched this on, you know, on TV the first time it aired. Um, and then I went back and watched it on StarWars.com once they posted it to do the recap. And watching it on the computer, like with headphones on and everything, you can actually hear you the, hear, uh, yeah. you can hear him talking. And I was like, exactly. oh, you know, that, that kind of gives it away right there. But yeah, uh, you when don't, I, I, you know, I guess you have to really be paying attention for it. Yeah, when I was ripping the audio, that's exactly what what uh, what I heard too. What I kind of had the volume turned up kind of loud. And I'm like, wait a minute, you you can kind of hear him talking back there, and you can kind of figure it out. Yeah. Uh, and and like we talked about last week, um, you know, Almec is. We're talking about Almec here. He he was acting a little funny in last episode. You know, not really caring so much about what was going on, and you can kind of get that feeling. Oh, that's that could be him. But then there's another sequence of events that happened a little bit later in this episode for me that I go, wait a minute, well, maybe it's not him, maybe it's something else. And, and we'll get to that in a minute. So uh, yeah. back at the academy, the cadets decide they should tell the Duchess, who is Corky's aunt, about what they saw at the docks. The next day, the group goes to the palace and meets with Satine in her office. The students share the results of their investigation from the night before and Satine tells them to stay out of trouble and let her handle the situation. Now, here's the thing. This is what I was talking about. Uh, Satine was, she was kind of quick to dismiss the evidence that, you know, the cadets brought in. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, she's kind of like, yeah, you know, you're just kids, you know, just let me handle it. And just for a moment there, I thought, well, you know, I wonder if she's involved in this, you know? Just the way that she did that, and it, it could have been something that I just kind of looked into or read into a little bit too much. Yeah, no, I can see where you're coming from. Um, I don't know, I didn't really suspect her in this, maybe just because of, since the last episode, I was pretty darn sure it was Almec, but, um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I would think that, I mean, I can under, kind of understand where Satine's coming from, though, where, um, you know, she doesn't want the kids to get involved, and she does tell them she's like, Right. You know, you know, they're like, oh, you can't sit around and do nothing. And she's like, oh, don't worry, I won't. Like, I'll take care of this, but you guys need to stay out of it. Right, right. Um, but, yeah, but, I mean, even though she says that, she doesn't seem all that concerned. And so then they go, and they're kind of mad. They're like, oh, she just treated us like kids. But um, right. I didn't really I didn't really get the feeling just from that that Satine was, like, involved with it, though. I just thought she was trying to keep the, keep the kids out of it and keep them out of trouble. Okay. Yeah, because the next sentence, it says, outside the palace, the cadets are frustrated that the Duchess treated them like children and didn't take their concerns seriously. They decided to go to the Prime Minister for help instead. And I thought they were trying to, as far as the Clone Wars writers, try to throw a little curve at us, like, just to kind of get you to think, well, the way that she kind of treated them, especially her, her nephew, um, it kind of dismissed them. That's kind of the thing I got. And I was like, well, I don't know. You know, either way, it could go yeah. either way. But now, the, the, one thing that, the one thing that... I don't know, kind of jumped out at me was I was like, okay, they're going to the Duchess, they're going to this, you know, the Prime Minister. I'm like, why aren't they going to Ahsoka, who, I mean, I know she's just a kid too, but she was kind of brought in to help, you know, train them and work with all this corruption that's going on. So right. I'm like, you know, there's a Jedi, they're trained to deal with this kind of thing, you know, go talk to them. Yeah, exactly. And, and plus, I mean, like you said, anyone that they go to in the government, whether it's Satine or Almec or whoever, like for all they know, that person could be corrupt. So exactly, um, yeah. The, the way this the way this uh, planet is is starting to shape up, I mean, you don't know who what's going on. Yeah, it just <laughs> everybody's like dirty. 
It just seemed yeah. to, to me like Ahsoka would be the smart choice, and she was like the one that they went to last. Right, right. But, uh, and, you know, I know you guys, I mean, pretty much every episode you mentioned how, like, the animation looks great and everything, but um, did you did you notice that scene when they were in Satine's office and she's got, like, the fish tank behind her? I with, didn't notice uh, that. I'll have to go back yeah, and Yeah, there, there's, uh, if you look in Satine's office, she's got, like, a big fish tank behind her, and there's actually, like, a bunch of kind of weird-looking, you know, alien, like, fish swimming around, and I thought that was really cool. Just, uh, you know, a nice little wow, touch. I didn't even see that. Yeah, I, I, I just thought, I mean, they added some cool little uh, touches and stuff in here with the animation. There was also, when they're in, uh, when they're sitting in Ahsoka's class at the Academy, mm -hmm. um, you know, you kind of got, like, the main kids sitting up front, but there's, uh, you know, just a few other kids in the background just kind of sitting there, and one of them's, like, twirling his pen the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I noticed that again when I went back and watched the episode the second time, but I was just like... Uh, yeah, you because, know, I mean, I, a lot of the kids that they kind of put in the background I thought kind of looked the same because, you know, they were just trying to fill the classroom or whatever, but I thought it was cool that they were actually trying to make them look like they were doing something or, like, you right. know, bored kids in a classroom actually would. Yeah, that's that's what impresses me about the animation is they don't – the background stuff. And sometimes, like like you said there, I didn't even notice it, but they still, they still put that background stuff in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Sometimes I notice it, and, and like I look and like, wow, they're actually, you know, there's a character that's way off in the background, and they have them doing something, you know, looking around or whatever it is. It's like they take the time to do that. So, but that's a that's a good spot. I didn't even I didn't even recognize that. So, I have to go back and check that out. Uh, back at the academy, the students speak with Prime Minister Almec via hologram. Almec is concerned by their findings, and he tells them to meet him in a secret meet him in secret later that night and here's is where you go okay time out uh cadets you got to think a little bit here here's almec who he says hey why don't you come meet me uh at night down at this this certain area and uh bring everybody who knows about this yeah yeah and why don't you bring the recording too you know yeah because they tell him they said you know we've got this recording of a secret meeting he's like oh all right well uh you know yeah. just come meet me bring the recording bring everyone who knows about it and it's like it's hey. a trap <laughs> yeah it is come on <laughs> come on shaggy you gotta you gotta figure that out you know but uh this is you know well, here we go. In the, in the class at the Academy, Corky and his friends tell Ahsoka about what transpired at the docks and about their planned meeting with the Prime Minister. Ahsoka is troubled by their activities and tells them to think things through and proceed with caution. Now, this is where Ahsoka kind of has a little bit of a epiphany, like, well, this is kind of weird. You know, they, they've went to Satine. Uh, nothing's happened. And I think, did they tell her? Yeah. One of the girls, I think it's the, the, the what's the girl's name, Sony or uh, Sony? Sony kind of yeah. slips and says, "Oh, we had a recording that you know we're going to take to Almec." Wait, oh, you mean she told uh, Ahsoka? Ahsoka, that's yeah. It. Well, I think yeah. I forget which one it was, but I know they they just kind of flat out tell her like, "Hey, we went and saw this secret meeting at the docks," and Ahsoka's like, "Oh," and they tell her that they broke in, and Ahsoka's like, "Well, you shouldn't have done that because you like right, broke, right. broke the law, and you're you know breaking into a government warehouse and stuff." And then they're kind of like, yeah, but you told us to expose corruption, and we're just kind of listening to what you taught us. And so, um, you know, yeah, and then Ahsoka's right. kind of like, yeah, okay, but, you know, be careful. Right, right. Yeah, you know, I think she kind of gets the feeling, too, that maybe something's up. Something's and, up, yeah. Uh, yeah. And she's going to actually follow them uh, 
in a minute here. So yeah. So uh, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. Uh, that night, the cadets arrive at the place where they were supposed to meet Almec. Instead, they are ambushed by a group of police who charge them with treason. The officers try to arrest Corky and his group, but Ahsoka arrives and fights the guards off. The students suspect the Prime Minister of setting them up. Sony shows Ahsoka the recording of the meeting at the docks, and Ahsoka uses a scanning device to identify the hooded figure as Almec. The group leaves to warn Duchess Satine of Almec's treachery. So Ahsoka gets to use this cool device that uh, was able to give a face to the uh, to the hologram, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, thought, uh, I don't know. I thought that was a little too convenient. Yeah, it definitely uh, it was. Kind of like in the, it was the same kind of device, I think, that uh, Papanoida had in uh, Sphere of Influence. With the blood? Or, yeah. With the blood, yeah. But she just kind of, I mean, you know, they they uh, they freeze the hologram, and the uh, the person's, like, facing them, but, you know, he's got the hood up, the face is completely dark, and you can't see anything. And Ahsoka just kind of waves this thing and says, who is it? And, like, <laughs> yeah. the face appears, and I'm like... A little too easy, huh? Yeah, how did you know that? I mean, yeah. you know, I know they don't have, you know, because it's a 22-minute show, they don't have the time to go and, you know, put it on a computer and do a whole, you know, CSI-type thing on it, but... Yeah, right, um, right. I don't yeah, know. I was, it's a little, I was just, like, a little contrived, really? yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but... But like any any well trained you know Jedi apprentice or Jedi uh, you know like I said the Ahsoka follows the cadets and uh, <clears throat> she takes out these guards with relative ease without even a lightsaber so and she yeah, doesn't use that, the force that was a pretty cool scene yeah and, and, uh, and, yeah I mean the force and you know hand to hand fighting skills did she even use the force I don't even think she did I don't, I don't know I, I think it was just know. all combat but uh, yeah yeah. Um, Let's see. Ahsoka and her students arrive at Satine's office only to find all the guards dead and the Duchess nowhere in sight. Corky fears the traitors have kidnapped his aunt, and Ahsoka suggests they go confront the Prime Minister directly. Uh, Prime Minister directly. Ahsoka brings her students before Almec and tells the Prime Minister that, that the cadets are involved in a conspiracy against him. Master Jedi, this is an unexpected pleasure. What can I do for you? Actually, Prime Minister, it's what I can do for you. I believe some of my students are involved in a conspiracy against you. Intriguing. So, you know, it's... Obviously... There was some kind of a, a plan that uh, Ahsoka has implemented, and uh, with the cadets. Yeah. And, uh, no, I also thought that was a pretty cool scene when they walked into uh, Satine's office and like it's dark and uh, you know you got the guards lying everywhere. Oh yeah. And, um, yeah, yeah. You know, I mentioned the the fish tank earlier, and then in this scene you see one of the guards and he's kind of had his like head like smashed through a glass or something. Yeah. And you see and you yeah. see like dripping off of it and so i'm thinking like man did they like smash him through the fish tank or something i think so yeah yeah but, they, uh, they did some damage huh yeah um, it was a pretty uh pretty creepy looking scene yeah and obviously the the cadets are selling this charade because they're going along with it going you know why oh you, yeah, yeah yeah and uh but when they uh when ahsoka brings him to Almec, when yeah. she brings him in so you know and yeah like you said ahsoka's you know got a plan going on here and she's trying to uh you know, get close to the prime minister and find out what's going on. Yeah, trying to really find out exactly what what the uh, what the mystery is here. So, uh, Almec and his guards take the students to a prison facility. 
the Prime Minister tells Ahsoka that they already have Satine in custody, but he will not reveal the Duchess's location. Ahsoka enters the prison, claiming she needs to interrogate her students immediately. And the only problem that I see with, with this scene here, and, and, you know, again, like we talked about earlier with the, uh, the contrived stuff, with, you know, being able to see the hologram and stuff like that, is I was a little surprised to see Almec leave Ahsoka there. Uh, you know, just like, oh, you know, I'm going to take off now. And, and it kind of just leaves her. And, and you got a Jedi here who, you know, although she gave up the students, you know, why, why is he just leaving her to, yeah, like, well, to, like, run shop? And it's like, well, I guess we're going to find out here in a few moments. But Yeah, I think also it's maybe just, um, I mean, it could just be that he's overconfident, but I think he's, you know, got the situation pretty well in hand. And especially with Ahsoka coming in, you know, bringing the students to him, I don't think he... I don't think he suspects that she suspects that he's, you know, really behind all this. So right, right. I, I think in, uh, you know, with her bringing him the cadets and everything, like he thinks he's got the Jedi on his side now. Right. But uh, as we see later on, he's also kind of taken some precautions. So. Um, oh yeah, he's a smart guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's he, he's definitely not uh, naive. Yeah. I guess you could say he's he's got his guard up. Yeah, definitely. Uh, go ahead. So uh, inside the facility, a guard leads Ahsoka to the cell where the cap where the cadets are being held. Ahsoka enters the cell and tells the students that she knows Satine is being held captive, and she promises to find out where the Duchess is being held. She leaves the cell and uses a Jedi mind trick on a guard, insisting that he take her to Satine, and he complies. So this is cool. We get to see Ahsoka. She's using the Force again, using the old Jedi mind trick. Yeah. Uh, I love to to see any kind of you know, Jedi, whether it's lightsabers or force, whatever, I love to see that. Um, but uh, subtle moments like the guard, you know, pressing a a button on his forearm. I, I don't know if we're actually to that point yet. Um, yeah, well, I think it was right after this part because she, she walks outside and uh, uses the force on the one guard and then another one kind of follows them. Oh, that's right, and, that's right, uh, yeah. You know, you're thinking like, oh, maybe something's up with this guy and then he like presses a little button on his... Uh, on his comm link or whatever. Yeah, and at, at first, the first time I watched that, it, it just kind of went over my head. It's like, I wonder why they put that scene in there. But obviously, yeah, I don't see what happens. You know, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I even caught that the first time because it's kind of, I mean, it's real quick. So. Yeah, yeah. Like you think the scene's over, and you know, you might look down for a second and miss that this guy just like lights up a little button. But yeah, right, um, yeah. Uh, two guards escort Ahsoka to a chamber where they are holding the Duchess in solitary confinement. Ahsoka releases Satine from her cell, but before they can escape, Almec arrives with more guards. They hold Ahsoka captive, and Almec tries to force Satine to sign a confession that she is a traitor. The Duchess refuses, and Almec puts a shock collar on her and tortures her. Satine says that she would rather die than comply with Almec's demands, so the Prime Minister orders his guards uh, to bring him the cadets. And this is exactly what I was talking about earlier. Um, there's some subtle moments that happened before this, like the guard pressing his, like maybe like you said, comm link. And yeah. uh, he's obviously signaling Almec that uh, Ahsoka has, has sort of taken the bait, if you will, you know. Yeah, and, uh, because it, actually what you see happen in this one is, uh, you know, Ahsoka like lets the teen out of the cage and the... Um, 
the guard's kind of like, hey, what are you doing? And then Ahsoka's like, I need to interrogate the Duchess and uses another Jedi mind trick on him. Yes. But then uh, but then Almec shows up and he's like, hey, guards, you know, good job. You can stop acting now. And then tells Ahsoka, like, you know, that was a bad idea because my guards have been trained to resist Jedi mind tricks. And so now I've got you. Yeah, and, that, and it's, that's what I was talking about earlier about Elmec, how he shows, like, uh, many smart politicians or leaders or, you know, whatever. He's always thinking ahead. Yeah. And uh, he's it's, it's crazy that he's trained his guards to resist the mind tricks. And I'm just wondering, how do you train for that, you know? How is, do you bring a Jedi in and have him do that on you tons and tons of times until you... And that's another part of the story where you're like how, how would they train for that you know well see i don't know but i know i mean we've heard from other stories and stuff that um you know jedi mind tricks are supposed to only work on the weak minded weak minded yeah and yeah. uh so i don't you know maybe there's not like a specific technique to resist you know the force specifically but maybe they just go through like mental training or something and or you know maybe even if they see it coming and they're kind of prepared for it that right, um, right. Yeah. they're maybe not as as susceptible to it and, and Ahsoka too, you know, she's still a Padawan, and you know, maybe maybe her, maybe her use of of that is not as strong as it would be from a, a Mace or Anakin or something. Or else. or uh, you know, like Mace and Anakin and Obi Wan all ganging up on Cad Bane that one time. Right, right. You know, I, I'm yeah. sure the uh, the guards wouldn't be able to resist that. Oh no, no. You know. Yeah. So yeah, and, and then we get a little torture here. This is kind of crazy. We got the shock collar, man. It's yeah. Like, I used shock collars on my dog before, but man. Uh, Satine's getting uh, it's getting lit up here pretty good. Uh, yeah, but, uh, and, and uh, you know, just more more uh, you know torture stuff and yeah. Um, so, Almec. I mean, this is the first time we kind of see Almec specifically as the bad guy. You know, right? Exactly. Which I thought was a pretty cool turn because oh I yeah, think yeah. This yeah. is kind of the first time we've seen um, a character that was introduced in this series that we thought was a good guy and is now a bad guy. Aside yes. from maybe somebody like, uh, I don't know, Captain Argaius or somebody like that who is, you know, just in one episode. But, um, you know, we saw Almec for the whole Mandalorian arc last season and thought he was, you know, kind of on the good guy side. And now we see him here and it's like, well, he's not a Separatist and he's not with Death Watch, but he kind of has his own selfish right. goals going on here. So, yeah, definitely. And, uh, well, I'll, I'll continue here. Almec's guards bring Corky and his friends before the Prime Minister. Almec orders them to put the shock collar on Corky in order to persuade the Duchess. But Ahsoka breaks free of her captors, and she and the cadets begin to fight back against the guards. During the scuffle, Ahsoka managed to, uh, manages to fit Almec with his own shock collar, and he orders his guards to stop fighting. And I would say this last, uh, this last act uh, really uh, jumped up for me, and it, it was a, a nice ending to, you know, a, a story that wasn't exactly, well, we'll finish it here in a second, but first of all, Ahsoka using the Force again, that was cool. Yeah. Throwing, throwing people around. And, yeah, and even when she uh, she took a shield from uh, from one of the police guys, and they had, I mean, Almond brought in all these guards, but also, like, as part of the prison defenses or whatever, I guess, they had, like, this kind of big gun turret that shot um oh yeah like, was stun it, was it like the stun rays and they actually yeah. hit Ahsoka with one of them and it didn't like knock her out but it kind of shocked her but then uh when she broke free of these guards she like grabbed the shield and was like blocking a bunch of blasts from that thing with the shield and like fighting off guards at the same time so it was a pretty cool scene yeah and and that's a good point you made up about that stun shield or the stun gun that she didn't go down like you would see 
like Princess Leia did in Star Wars. They hit her yeah. with a stun, and that was just a stun, you know, rifle or, you know, and she goes down and's out. And here's a yeah. stun cannon almost, and Ahsoka's able to fight it off. And I don't know if, if that was, she was able to fight that off because she is a Jedi or, or if that was just a, not a very powerful weapon. I don't know. She did yeah, go that's, down. Yeah, that's kind of what I thought. I maybe thought, you know, maybe this is just like a shock weapon instead of, uh, you know, like one that's supposed to knock you knock out. Knock you out, yeah. But uh, I don't know. Yeah, maybe her uh, her being able to resist it with the Force had something to do with that too. I don't know. Yeah, it could be. Uh, let's see. Satine summons her personal guards, and they arrest Almex, officers, and imprison the Prime Minister in the same cell he used to hold the Duchess. Satine confesses that she did not bring Ahsoka to Mandalore just to teach the cadets. But she had also hoped that a Jedi would be able to help solve the corruption in the government. And this is where we find out that, you know, pretty much Satine couldn't trust anybody on Mandalore. Because this place, like I said earlier, is it, it's just chaos right now. There's yeah. corruption all over the place. They're not aligned with anybody. Uh, people are stealing. Even, you know, you got high-ranking officials who are dirty so she has nowhere else to turn, which I thought was funny, to the Jedi. Because like I said last week, she was not really a big fan of having the Jedi uh, involved in some of her affairs like we saw last season. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially in, uh, which one was a Voyage of Temptation, when her and Obi-Wan are kind of having, you know, at each oh, other's yeah. throats the whole time. Right. Um, yeah. But so, yeah, yeah, I mean, so it was a pretty interesting turnaround. Because, I mean, like you said, she can't really trust anyone else. Exactly, yeah. She couldn't trust anybody else, so she had to turn to the Jedi, and, and Ahsoka was able to uh, to help out and kind of figure out what was going on. So, uh, you want to finish it up? Yeah. All right. Uh, Anakin returns to Mandalore to retrieve his Padawan, and Ahsoka mm -hmm. bids farewell to Duchess Satine and the cadets. Skywalker is slightly concerned by the risky nature of his Padawan's recent activities, but Ahsoka, Ahsoka assures her master that it was nothing she couldn't handle. It was an honor to serve with the Jedi Knight. It was my privilege to be your teacher. I hope this assignment wasn't too boring for you. Eh, it had its moments. Huh. Like the one where you convinced untrained children to help you overthrow a corrupt government? That was a highlight. It sounds pretty risky. You're lucky you didn't get hurt. Nothing you wouldn't have done. that's how we finish up and you know i thought yeah. it was pretty it was a nice little exchange there between ahsoka and, and uh, anakin yeah and, now one thing i did want to bring up is uh i actually meant to mention this back a couple paragraphs ago mm -hmm. when uh when they have that big fight in the prison when uh, ahsoka and all them are taking out the guards and then she takes that shot collar off of satine and puts it on almic yeah and um you know it's not like it's you know you put it on him and it shocks him but she puts it on him then runs over to like the control oh, yeah. panel, turns yeah. it on, and like starts electrocuting him until he orders his guards to surrender. And uh, you know they've talked about in interviews and stuff how you see Ahsoka starting to take on more of Anakin's characteristics, and that that's not always a good thing. Yes. And uh, you know, especially in this exchange here at the end, when uh, Anakin's like, you know, are you sure you could handle this? And you yeah, know, yeah. you were, you, you know, you could have been in danger. And Ahsoka says, it's nothing you wouldn't have done. My mind immediately jumped back to, you know, when she put that collar on Almec and I was like, yeah, that seems like something Anakin would have done and something that, you know, maybe <laughs> yeah. the rest of the Jedi wouldn't really yeah. approve. 
Yeah, that is an excellent point. And, and I have that written down as well, is that, uh, that she did say something to the effect of, you know, it's nothing that you wouldn't have done or you couldn't handle. And it didn't even occur to me, but you just said it right there. It's like she actually did run over. It wasn't something where you put it on and it, and she was just going to say, hey, don't move or I'm going to do it. Yeah, or, or yeah, like you said, like she didn't threaten to do it. She yeah. just ran over and did it. She ran over, and that's that's a huge point that you bring up uh, about her being, uh, you know, Anakin's Padawan and some yeah. of the traits that she, you know, she, that's exactly what he would have done. That's Yeah, that's and, awesome. you know, it wasn't like a huge thing because it's not like she actually killed him or anything. But at the same time, you know, it's like you wouldn't expect a Jedi Padawan to act that way. But, you know, this is Anakin's Padawan we're talking about. And we kind of know, you know, we all know the the, uh, the path that Anakin's kind of set on. Yes, yes. And I, and I thought it was kind of really kind of a nice little ending where after she says that to Anakin, she kind of walks away and you get this shot of Anakin and he kind of smiles like, and, and you know what he's thinking, like, yeah, I guess she's right. And he kind of smiles a little bit and, and that's how it fades out. Yeah. And uh, kind of tying all that together, what we just talked about, how they're, they're so much alike now and, and they do kind of the same things and think sort of the same way. So, yeah. Uh, but, you know, as far as this episode, um, you know, it was okay. I think the last, like I said, the last act picked up and, and, and it finished nicely. Uh, but as far as this whole arc, it's been kind of kind of slow, you know, not a lot going on. Like I said earlier, what would be, what is the purpose of them wasting their time, you know, coming to Mandalore to help them with, with this corruption thing? Yeah, and, and like know. we said earlier too, you know, why are you going to mention that Anakin's off fighting with Kit Fisto and then not show it to us? But, <laughs> yeah. um, Maybe, yeah, maybe we'll I mean, get that later. You know, I don't know. Yeah, I, I didn't mind. Uh, I mean, this episode individually, I didn't mind. You know, I thought it was pretty good. But, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, just on the heels of, you know, the last couple episodes, it was like, all right, come on, let's pick up the pace a little bit. Right, right. I mean, I mean this one definitely I thought was better than the last one and kind of was a step in the right direction. Yes, but, um, definitely, definitely. And, you know, I thought it was maybe a, like a little bit slow at the beginning, but then uh, it's kind of, like you said, picked up towards the end. And uh, right at the end there, I actually, you know, was really enjoying that and thought it was uh, kind of tense, like when they go in and all Satine's guards are dead and then they're trying to infiltrate the prison and all that, so. Right, right. Um, and, and like I said before, this, there's always something, you know, in these episodes where you can kind of go, yeah, that was, you know, these, these great moments are sometimes good moments that you can kind of, oh, that was, it was an okay episode, but it had a nice little ending here and. Yeah, you know, there's always, usually, always something that you can pick out and, and say, "Wow, that was cool." So, and, and like yeah. I said last week, you know, we're Star Wars fans. We're we're very passionate, and you know, we want to see. Sometimes we get a little overzealous. We want to see fighting all the time, or we want to see this. And and the and the Clone Wars creators are trying to, I guess, balance it out a little bit, and not have fighting all the time, but. But like you said, yeah, I think we're I, mean, I think we, we're ready for it now, though. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, we've we've had episodes like this before. I mean, you know, it just kind of breaks in the season before. You know, like the Senate spy and the Senate murders that type of episode. But we've had like three of those in a row now, and it's just kind of like, all right, come on, let's let's get back to some clones and some wars because this is the wars, Clone Wars, man. and we haven't we haven't seen a lot of that. Let's get to the wars. <laughs> so that's uh that was the Academy and. Uh, I think it's time to, to hit the mailbag, so let's do that.
Excuse me, but might I interrupt you for a moment? Metropolis Comics is a new breed of comic store. We're cleaner, brighter, we're constantly adapting, providing you with all the toys and comics you're looking for. Transformers, Star Wars, Marvel, DC, Magic the Gathering, Yu-Gi-Oh, Gundams, Final Toys, T-shirts and comics, movie toys, World of Warcraft, G.I. Joe and comics, comics, model supplies, statues, graphic novel, which is just another way of saying comics. We're right across the street from Metrotown, but hold on, wait a minute. Did you say that you don't live here? Well, now you don't have to. Metropolis Comics and Toys is opening an online store. Did you just jump for joy? Stranger things have happened. For instance, some people badly want to shop with us online, but then they forget the website. Don't let this happen to you. www.metropolis-comics.com www.metropolis-comics.com The Secret Stash Online Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, head flight, weapons, malfunction. But, uh, everything's perfectly alright now. We're fine. We're all fine here. Now, thank you. How are you? Okay, uh, Kyle, you want to... Well, actually, I'll, I'll go for it here. Uh, here's the mailbag, and this is from Laura Googleman, and uh, she says, I was just re-watching recent episodes uh, of your podcast, probably listening, and I noticed that you guys were saying that you thought the Clone Wars guys didn't know what they were going to do with Ahsoka. Ashley Eckstein, uh, let's see, Ashley Eckstein, I think she meant to say, said, said that uh, Dave was pitching ideas to her about Ahsoka living or dying. So they must have somewhat of a grasp on what they are doing, uh, going to do with her character. Longtime listener and number one fan, Laura G. from Vancouver, B.C., Mike's area. So, uh, you know, Laura and, and Kyle here, uh, you know, I've mentioned this before, and this was actually earlier on, like in season one and two. It was my, it was my, my feeling that Ahsoka was, you know, like, like we heard from Dave Filoni. He said, you know what? Let's have Anakin have a Padawan. It was just like thrown in there. And Dave Palooza was like, uh, he's what? Yeah. <laughs> Here, have a Padawan. So I don't think that it was something that when they brought her in, they, they, fish, they knew what they were going to do with her. They're like, okay, let's have her go along with some stuff. And as the years and the seasons have progressed and, the, and the, I guess the fandom for her has kind of grown, uh, I, I felt that it, they had no idea what they were going to do with her. And, you know, I, she's kind of grown on me as well. Yeah, well, see, just kind of the idea I've gotten from listening to different interviews and stuff was I thought that um, maybe Dave and George kind of had their own agenda, like, from the get-go. Because if you're going to introduce this character that's, you know, that you're going to introduce in the Clone Wars and it's going to become like a main kind of main character and a popular character, but isn't in Revenge of the Sith. Right. I mean, if I were them, I would think you'd have to kind of come up with an idea right off the bat of, um, mm -hmm. you know, what's going to happen to her just so you kind of know what direction you're going in. Right. Um, because if you go for, you know, five seasons, whatever, building up this great character, and then you go, oh, shoot, like we're about to get to Revenge of the Sith and we got to do something with this character who's not in Revenge of the Sith. Um but I mean, I've heard. I'm, I'm pretty sure I've heard Dave say that he either has ideas or has like a solid idea or something of what's going to happen to Ahsoka, and he just doesn't, um, you know, doesn't really talk about it because he wants to keep it a surprise. Oh yeah. But um, you know, I trust him with it. I think they. I think they. Uh, I think they know what they're doing. So. Yeah, I thought I heard too that that they had actually a couple of of ideas of where they wanted to go, and it's just figuring out you know where they're going to go and I, I think my only point was that in the beginning i don't i don't know i just don't know that they were going to be ready for the popularity that kind of grew with her 
Because like I said, I wasn't the biggest fan, especially when the movie came out. I was like, what in the heck is this, you know? Yeah. Now we're in season three and she's kind of, you know, she's taking on the characteristics of Anakin and we're going to get this story with her coming up maybe in the next few weeks here about some visions and stuff like that. So it's really becoming, she's really becoming an interesting character. And, uh, and I did remember, I think, reading or hearing something about, you know, Dave was telling kind of Ahsoka, well, I have a couple, I, I don't think he's told her. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't I think he's told her. I just think he said, you know, I have we have ideas of where we might take her. Yeah, because she's not going to know. She's not going to know until it's time to do it. So yeah, because I know Ashley Eckstein too says she's asking, like, bugging Dave Filoni all yeah. the time, and yeah. she says that you know they kind of talk and bounce ideas back and forth. But I I do think Dave has an idea in his head of where they're going with the character, and he just isn't ready to reveal that yet because. Right, um, right. You know, maybe he just doesn't want to start speculation, or maybe it's going to be some big surprise that none of us see coming, or something. But yeah, that's right. Um, you know, I'm I'm sure we've still got a good you know two, three, four years left on this show. So, um, right. you know, I'm just, I'm just going to enjoy it for the time being, and then when it comes time to you know wrap it up and find out what happens to all these characters, I'm sure they'll uh, do them justice. Yeah, yeah, and and then we found out too, you know, a while ago that now there's not actually a, a specific ending date. So they can kind of go as long as they want, or however us fans kind of continue to watch it. So yeah, and I was kind of interested to hear that because, um, I mean, I was kind of good with like the five seasons. Yeah, yeah. Because I think when you're working within a window, like when you already know when and how it's going to end with you know Revenge of the Sith, I think it is kind of better if they sort of limit it because if they keep dragging it on and on then eventually you're going to go okay we already know how this ends when do we get to the ending you know right, right. so um but again you know i i've enjoyed the show so far so i just you know kind of trust the trust the makers and that they'll uh right you know keep giving us good stuff and then uh wrap it up when they're ready to and give it a good ending so well i always thought that uh, you know when he said we have no definitive ending now i mean we can go on a little bit longer it's like well i mentioned this before too is they could also go parallel to revenge of the revenge of the sith where you, you know you get the stories of what happened to these characters or the continued stories maybe these you know like ahsoka is one of the jedi that gets away yeah um, well and that's something know, i've been you know. talking about like on the forums and stuff for a long time is that i'd like to see maybe like a series finale or something that's um, maybe taking place during Revenge of the Sith. Exactly, yeah. Um, and just, I mean, if, if, yeah. if Ahsoka's still around, then, you know, see what happens to her. But yeah. And one of the things I would kind of like to see, because the other thing is we don't know what happens with Captain Rex, because in uh, in Revenge of the Sith, I think it's Commander Apo that Anakin's with when he goes to, like, attack the Jedi Temple. So I always thought it would be kind of cool to see um, maybe if, like, Rex and Ahsoka were together on a mission during order 66 and kind of see that interaction and whether he would kill her let her try to get away or something like that so. yeah that was my thing too about the 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 uh, parallel stories with revenge of the sith is seeing you know one of my things was well if 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 rex well here's the thing i think some of the biggest questions that come out of this series right now are what's going to happen with ahsoka and rex because they're two characters that are new to this world but we don't know what's going to happen to him. Yeah. So if, if you know, if something happens with Rex and he decides to go with Anakin, you know, how cool would it to be uh, to see the, in the Blu-ray when Anakin's marching up with the 501st, seeing Rex next to him? 
<laughs> you know, I mean, added into this, you know, yeah, yeah. If that's what the story want, you know, if that's what they wanted to do with him, or like you said in the Clone Wars series, they go parallel with Return of uh, Revenge of the Sith, and we see maybe in a, something going on with Rex and Ahsoka after Revenge of the Sith. So you know, yeah. there's, a, there's, see, there's, it's wide open right now. You know, we can go. Oh yeah, definitely. And I kind of like the idea of like the parallel stories because I know there have even been people that said, you know, well, you could do Ahsoka as a digital character and add her into Revenge of the Sith. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'm not real crazy about that idea just because, you know, they they didn't write the story with her in mind. Right. So if you just kind of threw her in a couple scenes, like you wouldn't be able to make her have that big of a part, you know. And so I think if they were instead to... Um, you know, tell stories that are happening at the same time as Revenge of the Sith, but just do them as Clone Wars episodes, and we can, yes, you know, yeah. focus more on Ahsoka and see what's going on there. I think that'd be cool. Right, yeah. Or, I mean, you know, maybe something will happen to her before Revenge of the Sith or afterwards or whatever, but... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Yeah, like yeah. I said, it's, it's wide open, so tons of possibilities, and we'll hopefully uh, uh, we'll see where they go here in, in a few years. So, yeah, thanks, yeah. Laura, for the, for, the, uh, for the mail and a good good little discussion we got going on there. Um, so let's go with the forum post of the week, Colin. You want to tackle this big one here? All righty, the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, just go ahead. It's... Yeah, all right, cool. So this is uh, Earthly Science in Star Wars, and this is posted by Zillix, I think is how you say it. It's X-Y-L-Y-X. -Y -Y yeah, I think so, yeah. So uh, he starts off, he says, I'm a bit worried about the idea of DNA slipping into Camino's operation. I guess I... Or I, though I guess with cloning on the table, it was inevitable. The problem is that the Clone Wars writers are falling into a dangerous Star Trek trap that never ends up well, using earthly science to motivate the plot. The problem has two parts. First, that they run the risk of using earthly science either incorrectly or loosely, which will force the inevitable retcon. In this case, the idea that the DNA is being overused immediately causes all fans who are among the scientific elite, I'm not sure how many scientific elite are watching Clone Wars on Cartoon Network, but maybe that's just me, uh, <laughs> to puzzle about what, could possibly, about what that could possibly mean, given that DNA is basically digital data that can presumably be infinitely expressed. The retcon forces us to consider that the Kaminoans are using original DNA for each clone and speculate on how much of Django's fresh tissue they would need to keep up their supply. This invites the question of whether or not this incongruous, or whether or not this is incongruous with the level of technology that seems apparent in the galaxy. Why bother opening this door? Just imply that the Kaminoans need the original to stick around for non-specific reasons. Of course, the most famous misuse of earthly science in Star Wars was Solo's lovely plotline about the Kessel Run, which confuses measurement of distance with measurement of time. Um, you could skip that. Okay, yeah. Um, well, I, I don't know. You want to just stop and talk about this for a second? Cause yeah, there's, yeah. Uh, there's more, but I wanted to point out a couple things here before I forget about it, before I get to the end of it. Oh, yeah, but, definitely. Um, and he, he did mention the, uh, the DNA in the Camino episodes, and one thing, I'm not sure if this is exactly what he was talking about, but I did have... Um, Kind of one inconsistency that stuck out stuck out to me in those episodes in the uh, in the clone cadets was they were talking about how the Domino Squad is um, you know they're kind of deficient because they've had to stretch Django's DNA further. Yes, um, exactly. Yeah. It, because he's died. But I was like, you know, I know these clones have accelerated growth, but it still takes you know like ten years to grow a mature clone. So the Domino Squad was created long before Django Fett died. 
And right, so, yeah, good point, yeah. You know, I'm like, you know, unless these guys get, like, Django DNA shots every month or something to keep them, you know, being good soldiers or something, I don't know. Like, that just yeah. didn't really make a whole lot of sense to me. It was like, yeah, I can understand how you're running out of his DNA, but you should have had plenty, you know, back when these guys were still created. Yeah, and I don't know about how science works. I mean, I, I you know, I'm a police officer. I don't, I don't get some of this stuff. And, uh, you know, I understand what he's saying, too, about the DNA. And, and wouldn't DNA, uh, like he's talking about the digital thing or whatever, isn't it always good? I mean, why would it, why would it, uh, you know, it doesn't, like, go bad like a, like a banana yeah, or something. Yeah, you know? that they have the information that they need from it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And Yeah, that's a good point. So... Um, I can understand his point on that and why why are these some of these clones like like 99 like we saw you know he was a he was sort of a reject like a sort of deformed or whatever mm-hmm. so that could have been just i don't know he, he talks about bad batchers later on too i think um yeah but we, and then also he also brings up the uh, the castle run and the um the use of parsecs um but one point I was going to make about that, I'm pretty sure from reading some EU books and stuff that even though Han Solo says, you know, the Millennium Falcon is the ship that, the, that completed the Kessel Run in less than 12 parsecs, mm-hmm. I think the Kessel Run was like a big maze of like black holes and asteroids right. and that kind of thing. And it was kind of like a smuggler's route. Yeah. And so Han Solo like found the, uh, found the shortest way through it. Yes, I, I do remember hearing that, too. Yeah. yeah, and so, I mean, even though he's bragging about his fast ship, and so it doesn't necessarily make sense that he would say that, you know, he found the shortest distance, but um, I think George Lucas did know what he was talking about there with the parsecs. Either that or he realized his mistake and went back and retconned it or something, but... Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Let's uh, let's jump down to uh, that last paragraph, where okay. he talks about the yeah, free this, thinking this, He's got a couple more posts, but um, or a couple more paragraphs, but... Okay, so the last part of it, he says, Anyway, the fact that a batch of free-thinking clones emerges after the DNA starts to go bad, whatever that means, is critical to me. I am ever watchful for the clones doing the right thing, turning on their Jedi slave masters. This is the way all good slave stories climax. Cloning to create an army is fundamentally evil, and the fact that the Jedi do not only accept this army, but seem to be proud of its shameful... Oh, to be... That the... Jedi not only accepted this army, but seemed to be proud of it, is shameful and embarrassing. Shakti is now the number one evil Jedi in my book. When Order 66 gets activated, I want to be the clone that slits her throat while she gloats during, her, during another graduation ceremony. She can't see the folly as it marches out on parade deck every day in front of her eyes. These bad clones are bad because they are more like real people. Go figure. Anyway, this may be at the core of why Order 66 is so ruthlessly carried out. Clones can begin to see that their only hope is to destroy their evil leaders. The reason they begin to see that the reason they begin to see this is that many of them are in some way bad badgers. Of course, this does not explain why older loyal clones participate in the order. Maybe that is why Palpatine chose Django in the first place. Deep in the DNA is a lone wolf bounty hunter whose loyalty is only temporary. And I know Mike talked about this one time too. He said, "You know, you got the the, the early clones like uh, Cody and some of them um, who who take Order sixty six, and you know they're on it like that. There's like no questioning it. 
Um, and then we get in other episodes of the Clone Wars, where you have like uh, the, the the deserter, where you have clones that decide, you know what, I'm I'm out of here, I'm taking off. And even in the Clone Cadets, Heavy was ready to go. So I don't know what's kind of going on with like he talks about Bad Bashers and and, and we're talking about DNA and all that here and cloning. Um, and Mike mentioned that maybe these early clones. As far as the DNA and everything's kind of pure, the Order sixty six is kind of is, is is kind of ingrained into their training, and when it's when it's implemented, boom, they take it. And maybe yeah. some of these older clones, you know, like they said, Jango Fett's gone now. They don't have any more. Apparently, they don't. They only have a little bit of DNA left, or not much left, because they talk about finding a different source. But this is where I, like I said earlier, isn't DNA once you have it can't can't you replicate it and it's it's always pure? I, I don't know. I guess it's kind of confusing. It's, it it gets kind of confusing and yeah. But the one is, thing he uh, mentions that um, I kind of felt like almost exactly the opposite on this is he's talking about how um, the clones that are kind of the bad batchers, the ones that kind of start to be more independent, that those are the ones that execute Order sixty six. But I think from um, just from reading some different books and stuff, it seems like the kind of the more free-thinking clones are the ones that, um, you know, maybe are more hesitant. Yes, exactly. Because, yeah. um, I know, because obviously, or uh, ultimately, I should say, the reason the clones were created was to carry out Order 66. I mean, you know, Palpatine thought exactly. this up a long time ago, and, you know, he's going to start this clone war and have, you know, the clones fight for the Jedi and then turn on them. Yeah. And so I don't think it's really the Jedi that are evil because, you know, they weren't the ones that created this clone army. They're just kind of using what they have. Right, um, exactly. Yeah. You know, the Separatists are trying to break free and they got battle droids everywhere. And, you know, the Jedi are like, well, here's this clone army that somebody created for us. And I guess, you know, we're just going to have to, um, you know, accept this new role as generals and, you know, fight this war. Yes, yeah. But, uh, yeah, Palpatine was the one who created him in the first place, and then, you know, he just tells all the uh, all the clones, okay, you know, war's over, now kill all the Jedi who have been, you know, taking care of the clones and, you know, leading them in battle and stuff for the last, you know, three years or whatever. And so, um, you know, yeah, it's kind of, yeah. it's it's the loyal ones that say, okay, you know, these guys have nothing against us, but I'll kill them because I'm told to. And yes. it's it's the more free thinking clones that say, wait a second, like there's something going on here. Yeah, and that's what could be interesting and in, in, in a good story to tell later on down, even in the Clone Wars series. Um, you know, we talk about free thinkers, and and you know maybe that's a story that they'll do with with Rex. Yeah, you know, and again, that's, says, that's kind of what I'm not doing this. Yeah, because they they they're creating some serious bonds here. I mean. Rex and, and Anakin are like, you know, two peas in a pod or whatever you want to say. Oh, you know? yeah. They have all their secret languages and they do kind of secret stuff together. I remember one episode they were kind of whispering like, hey, let's, this is what we're going to do. And it was in season two. I can't remember the episode. But, um, yeah, you know, it's there's a ton of possibilities, like I said earlier, about uh, the clones and, and, and a lot of this. So uh, we'll see what happens. But it's, you know, like I said, you can go anywhere with it. So. Yeah. But uh, anyway, Exilix, wow, that's a serious post right there, and and a lot of stuff contained in there, and that we can go on about this stuff for a long time. So, yeah, good post though, good post. So, um, I think it's time though. We gotta talk about uh, 
what's going on next week. And, you know, um, I'll just, the upcoming episode description, the, the title of it is Assassin. And uh, it says, uh, Ahsoka must protect Senator Amidala during a political mission to Alderaan. But she becomes concerned about her ability to keep it together after experiencing a series of visions about a deceased bounty hunter named Aura Singh. On an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Ahsoka, I've been having dreams. Ahsoka thinks Padme is in trouble. I believe that a very dangerous bounty hunter is out to assassinate you. And this trouble's name? Aura Singh. This is gonna be good. Enough talk. Time to see what you're made of, kid. Don't miss an all-new episode of Star Wars The Clone Wars. Secrets Revealed. Next Friday night at 9, 8 central. It's begun. Only on Cartoon Network. All right, so, finally. Man, I don't know if it's just we are so ready for some serious action or or for just... <laughs> I don't know what it is, but I think uh, I'm pretty excited to see what happens here. Yeah, same here. You and, know, we, uh, you know, we, we don't, you know, still know uh, big battles or, you know, clone armies or whatever, but uh, no, no, yeah. still... Uh, yeah, I'm I'm pretty excited for this one, probably more than more so than for the last few episodes. Oh yeah, and, uh, yeah. it looks like we're finally going to start to see some of the stuff from the season three uh, trailers Trailer, about, like, yeah. about Ahsoka's dreams and that sort of thing. So yeah, so um, that's that's what I thought too. Is like we we saw that in the trailer about her dream, so we're finally getting to that storyline. And uh, like I said earlier, it looks like Aura Singh has sort of a new look to her. Yeah, she had sort of like some uh, like face paint on or something yeah, like that, yeah. or like uh, yeah, like a dark stripe like over her eyes or something like that. So, yeah. and I wonder if we're gonna get to any information on what happened after the crash of the Slave One. If you know, we're gonna I, tell that story. You know, I don't know if it'll be in this episode, but um, I remember maybe it was on one of the interviews Mike posted from C Five or something. But oh no, you know what it was? It was on one of those uh, one of those preview videos that Cartoon Network posted, the ones where you have to put in the secret code. Oh yeah. And yeah. Uh, Dave Filoni's talking about how um, you know after Slave One crashed, that Hondo went and retrieved it and like fixed it up. Yes. Yes. And so um, you know, I don't know if we'll hear about that in this episode or yeah. if uh, you know if we'll see it later on. I'm hoping that we see it later on and we maybe see uh see boba fett and hondo together hondo again, again. Maybe, yeah. maybe uh see hondo giving back slave one and you know something like that because the other thing that i kind of thought was interesting i know we're kind of going off from the assassin thing a little bit here but there's a uh there's a action figure coming out with uh it's the young boba fett and right. he, you know he kind of looks how he did at the end of the last season with just like the jumpsuit and kind of the two blasters holstered on him Mm -hmm. But he's also got, not the full armor, but kind of just like the top of the chest armor. And then it goes around his back and he has the jet pack on. Oh, really? And so I don't know if they added that in just kind of as a cool little touch to make the action figure cooler. Or if we're going to see some more of Boba Fett later this season and see him, uh, you know, start to use his dad's old gear a little bit more. Interesting. Yeah, interesting. You know, you could kind of take some kind of cues and clues sometimes from these action figures because yeah, we've well, already like Quinn, seen Quinlan Vos. Yeah, Quinlan Vos. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So obviously he's, you know, going to make an appearance sooner or later. So I'm yeah, we, have, we haven't seen him in any of the uh, trailers or anything, but we did see him. We've seen a picture of his action figure. Yeah, right, right. 
So yeah, that's uh, that's what's coming up next week. So we're getting back to yeah, some looking action. Looking forward to that episode. Yeah, yeah. So we get Ahsoka and Overseeing. So it look, looks good. Looks good. So I think that's gonna do it for this week, though, Kyle. Um, All right. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everybody. Don't forget to check us out at www.clonewarspodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter, username Clone Wars, and uh, head on over to the Facebook and, and join our group. Uh, and also, don't forget about the forum, star, uh, forum.starwarsdaily.com. And Kyle's yeah, definitely. Yeah. Oh, I, w- I was just going to say, you know, make sure to go, uh, like you said, go check out the forums. We've got uh, usually maybe a couple new users joining every week. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a moderator over there. We've also got Boyd and uh, JC that are uh, the moderators over there. But, uh, yeah, yeah I think we've got about 30, 30-something users right now. Right, right. So, um, you know, it's kind of a small community, but we're growing and definitely having some uh, some cool discussions about Star Wars and Clone Wars. So, yeah, um, so, you know, head on over there and feel free to chat us up. Yeah, definitely. It's good times, good times talking Star Wars. So any uh, any shout-outs you need to make, Kyle, before we go? Um, I don't think so. No? Okay. That sounds Just, good. Uh, you know, good luck to Mike on his honeymoon uh, yeah, yeah. and all that. He's, and, uh, he's probably driving to disneyland right now i know he said he was gonna drive it because uh oh wow uh just take the you know i think he recently uh got his driver's license so he wanted to take a little cruise in the car and and, and enjoy the uh the drive down to disneyland so cool. well, he's probably on his way down the mic yeah yeah definitely and we'll uh, see him in a few weeks but uh Kyle, it's been awesome having you on the show, man. This is great. Well, thanks for having me on, Matt. Yeah, I'm sure uh, we'll we'll do it again. We'll have you guys Like I said, on. I've been a long-time listener, so it's cool to finally get on the show and be able to talk with you guys. So Yeah, and, and, and since we're having you here, you know, we, you've been uh, writing the recaps, and we appreciate that. And it was kind of a last-minute thing because we used to take the, the Star Wars ones and kind of tweak them a little bit to fit our to fit our show. But uh, yeah. you stepped up and, and active on the forums and – and with Star Wars Daily and and doing the recap, so it's been awesome. And uh, yeah, well, my pleasure to help out. We gotta have you back, man. We gotta have you back. Hopefully, you can try to make it next week. If not, oh for I'll, sure, yeah, I can I'll probably do next it. week. Yeah, so we'll see. So that's gonna do it for us, guys. So thanks for listening again. And for Kyle, this is Max signing off. We will see you next week. Well. Another close to another wonderful show. Obi-Wan Kenobi here saying thank you for listening to Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast. Brought to you, of course, by StarWarsDaily.com. The force is strong with you all, and it will be with you always.